Go with me, please, to the book of 2 Corinthians. And we'll begin reading in 2 Corinthians chapter 13, the very last chapter of that book. And, and this is what I would like to do. I would like for you to take an end-of-the-year exam with me. You know, without an examination, without a test, you don't really know where people are. That's why they give examinations. And I would say this, before moving forward to another year, it would probably be good for you to take a test about this one. Because the truth is, if there have been lots of failures this year, then probably unless there is a change of heart and a change of mind, those same failures are going to happen next year. And so maybe we could take a final exam, an end of the year exam, to see where we are. It's always good to do that. I know in education that people uh, can't stand, you know, finals. That's what they call them, you know, we're having finals. And it causes great stress. I think a lot of times it causes great stress because the student knows they've not covered the material very well. I don't mean to cause you great stress this morning. But I will say this, if you don't pass the final, they don't move you to the next grade. And I don't know about you, but I don't know anybody that would love to volunteer to repeat the same grade over and over again. Now, I know in the present education, and I'm not involved in secular education, but from just what I hear, I, there comes a point where people start to be socially promoted because they don't want them in their classes anymore. And maybe we've dumbed down education and exams so much that it doesn't even mean anything to take the exam. But this, I want you to take a serious exam, this, a final exam. Because I don't want you to repeat the same grade next year. Does that make sense? God doesn't want you to stay where you are. He wants you to keep moving higher and growing in grace and in the knowledge of the Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. He doesn't want you to keep the status quo. There is so much more that is needed in your life to be like Jesus Christ or to have the life that the Lord wants you to have. Don't repeat the same grade. But the examination is given to see where you are. To see exactly where am I in my learning? Where am I in my progress? Am I a candidate to graduate? Am I going to be able to go on? If you don't learn the material, you can't go on. I'd say that about life. If you can't learn the material in life, you're not going to be able to go on. And I'm glad the Bible tells us that the Lord has given us everything we need for life and for godliness. You know, we think of examinations and taking a test and final exams. I don't just think about education. I think about health exams. I don't know if you take them, but especially at my age, I have a yearly examination. 
watch it, even if nothing is wrong with me. I went in this month for an examination. I don't think I've been to the doctor two times this year. This month I was not sick that I knew of. I didn't feel bad. Didn't have a cough. I wasn't depressed. I was fine. But you know what I said? I said, I've got to go take my yearly examination. Watch it. Because there may be something wrong with me I don't know. So I go in. I don't feel bad. I feel great. But I go into the doctor and he takes blood work and he checks all of that blood panel out. He puts a little thing on my heart and checks my heart rate and checks my blood pressure. And I think everything's fine, but we have to go through the examination because there may be something that I don't know is wrong with me. What I want to say to you this morning, it is good and in the Bible is filled with examinations because there may be something wrong with you that you don't even know is wrong. I think it's a healthy thing to stop and have the examination and, and have that yearly and that final, that, that, that test. Thank God for, for tests. I know we hate tests educational-wise because we have to study for them, but, but test physically. We take a blood test. I, I remember years ago I thought I was going to trick the test, and so I, our family has a genetic disposition of terrible Cholesterol, it's just awful, you know. It's just, doctor said you can eat cardboard and you're going to be high in cholesterol just the way you're born. Well, I thought I was going to trick that. And so I got this little thing. If you drink this, you know, seven days in a row and if you fast, your blood, you can't trick the test. <laughs> I'm a testimony to that. The test is going to show what, what's there. And I wonder this morning, Will you be willing to take a spiritual examination? Now, here's what some people just say. Oh, I'm not, I'm not, I don't want any examination. I don't ever want to go to the doctor. I don't ever want to take a test. I don't want ever anyone to find out where I'm at in my learning. And I just want to tell you that that is ignorance. That's not any way to live. Because here's the thing. The things that are wrong with us, if we find them out, There is help for it. There are things that can be prescribed. There are things that can be learned. There are things that can be changed. And you don't have to go on through life failing the test of life. And so I'm coming this morning to 2 Corinthians chapter 13 as we begin our reading, would you pray with me before I read the scripture? Heavenly Father, please help us this morning. Help us all to take a test. Help us to be willing to go through an examination process today. We're ending the year, Father. And God, sadly, so many people are going to go into next year with the same problems, the same addictions, the same sins, the same failures, the same disappointments that they lived all year with. And Lord, sadly, there are some that have serious things wrong with them and they don't even know it. And I pray, Lord, you'd help us to go through a final exam that we can see, Lord, where the needs are and see 
where the progress can be made. And we'll thank you for the help you give in Jesus' name. Amen. 2 Corinthians chapter 13, the Bible says in verse number 5, if you would look with me please, examine yourselves. Whether ye be in the faith, prove your own selves, know ye not your own selves, how that Jesus Christ is in you, except ye be reprobates. Hold your finger right there, would you? Go to 1 Corinthians, 1 Corinthians chapter 11. Now, we're going to make it, I'm going to give you a break. I'm going to let you... According to this text, the first thing I want to tell you is examine yourself. Give yourself the test. It, what a blessing, what a, an unusual blessing if you can be the teacher and the test giver as well as the test taker. You know, none of us want others to test us. So test yourself. Now, I, 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 want, to, I want to ask you to be honest about it. As you grade yourself. I wonder what you would grade yourself. The Bible tells us, first of all, about a finally about examinations, that you need to examine yourself. Because here's the truth. If you're really honest, you probably know more about where you're scoring than other people that would want to give you the test. Now, I don't know how you are. When I even get a little bit sick, I, I, I can even tell little bitty changes physically that, that nobody else can see, they're not aware of, but the little changes that happen, I can spot them immediately. There, if something is out of whack physically, I can spot it when no, not even my wife, not, not my family, no, nobody else can see it, but I know that there's something that, that, that's out of, out of place there. Examine yourselves. Test yourself. He says in the, same, in the first epistle of, of the Corinthians, for, look at 1 Corinthians, he says the same thing. 1 Corinthians chapter 11 and verse number 28. 1 Corinthians eleven twenty-eight. But let a man examine himself. And so let him eat of that bread and drink of that cup. He's talking about you examining yourself. So that's the first examination I want to get, want you, want you to have this morning. Just examine your heart. I can't give you the answer. I, I won't be able to give you the answer. You'll have to answer it for yourself, to yourself, and see what grade you make. Well, what is this examination about? The two times that God tells you to examine yourself, one is in the verse we just read in 1 Corinthians 11, the, the, the other one is 2 Corinthians chapter 13. Go back to 2 Corinthians chapter 13 because this is the most important examination of all. You know, if you have cancer this morning and you don't know it, that's terrible. But if you don't have Christ, that's a whole lot worse than if you got a cancer diagnosis today. Because we're not talking about something that will last or shorten your lifetime. We're talking about something that affects your whole eternity. Now, now watch our verse in 2 Corinthians chapter 13, verse 5. Examine yourselves whether ye be in the faith. Prove your own selves. Know ye not your own selves. How that Jesus Christ is in you, except ye be reprobates. Can I tell you something this morning? I can't take that test for you. I can't see in the heart of this young man. 
I don't know if Jesus is in him or not. If I tried to test him, there are things that I could do. There are questions that I could ask him. But you know what I've learned about people? They can give you all the right answers and still fail the test. This is an examination I can't make. That's why the Bible says examine yourselves, whether you be in the faith. I don't know if Jesus is in this young man or not. I can't see him. I, I, I have no knowledge. I can't look into his heart. I don't know. I can't look into your heart. But you're supposed to do that for yourself. So here's the question. Examine yourselves whether you be in the faith. Would you test yourself and ask yourself this question? Am I in the faith? Now, you, you ought to know that. And if, if you weren't there when you stepped into the faith, you never stepped into the faith. You say, well, my mom and dad. No, no, it's not about what they said to you. Examine yourselves whether ye be in the faith. That is such a specific phraseology. He didn't say examine yourselves whether you go to church. He didn't, he didn't say examine yourself whether you, whether you try to live a good life. He said examine yourself whether you be in the faith because your works is, is not the question. The question is, are you in the faith? If you looked at Judas Iscariot, you would think he passed the grade. His works were good. He walked with Christ like the rest of the disciples, but he was not in the faith. The heart issue. He had never stepped into the faith of the Son of God. Nobody can take that exam for you but you yourself. You need to examine to see if if you're saved. Because if you're not saved, if you're not in the faith, the Bible says in verse number 5, you're a reprobate. Wow. You know, God, God makes it so easy. We, we, We look at terms like we're somewhere in the middle, and God says this. Either you're in the faith or you're a reprobate. Jesus Christ is either in you or he's not in you. You are either saved or you are lost. You're on your way to heaven or you're on your way to hell. There's no in-between. Where are you? Examine yourself. It's the most important question of your whole life. Not your career, not who you marry, not who your, fa- who your friends are, not how you look, not what your health is about. But the most important examination is, am I in the faith? Or am I outside of the faith? That word reprobate is used for things that are rejected. You know, God rejects everything but the faith of Jesus Christ. That's the only thing he'll accept. So I want to ask you a question. What's the status of your faith? Will you examine yourself? Where is your faith? What is your faith in? That's somebody, well, preacher, I believe in God. Now, you've got to be careful about what you say. Now, again, you're being honest with yourself. You're taking the test yourself. Am I in the faith? Do I really have faith in the Lord Jesus Christ? Not what I say. James deals with that. The, the epistle of James. James says this. A man may say he has faith. Anybody can say they have faith. That doesn't mean that they're in the faith. People say all kinds of things. People say, I love you to people that they don't love. People say things all the time that aren't true. 
But here's the question. Be honest with yourself. You take a test. Are you in the faith? Have you believed on the Lord Jesus Christ? James also says, you say there's, there's one God, the devils also believe and tremble. It's not enough just to believe there's a God. When he talks about are you in the faith, he's not talking about just an idea that there is a God. Go to Galatians chapter 2 with me, will you? I believe we see a good description of what that phrase means. Examine yourselves whether you be in the faith. He says in Galatians chapter 2 and verse number 16. Galatians 2.16. Knowing that a man is not justified by the works of the law. But by the faith of Jesus Christ. Even we have believed in Jesus Christ, that we might be justified by the faith of Christ and not by the works of the law. For by the works of the law shall no flesh be justified. Verse number 20, I am crucified with Christ, no less I live, yet not I, but Christ liveth in me. And the life, watch it, that I now live in the flesh, I live by the faith. Of the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. Have you stepped into the faith of Christ? Or are you still outside and have never taken the step of stepping into the faith of him? Do you have his faith this morning? It's not enough what, what your mom and daddy. Not enough about your life. Have you personally stepped in to the faith? Are you in the faith or are you out of the faith? Would you be honest with yourself? When you step into the faith, watch it now, you're stepping out of yourself. Examine yourself whether you be in the faith, in the faith of the Lord Jesus Christ, or am I in the faith of me, you see? Boy, I'm so thankful for the day I stepped out of the faith of me. Some people need to step out of the faith in their religion. People need to step out of all types of faith. What are you believing? What are you trusting in? Examine yourself, preacher. I've been in church all my life. I don't, I don't care. Judas Iscariot rose the dead. And he went to the pit. I just want you to take an examination. You say, preacher, what are you trying to do? Get people to doubt their salvation? No, no, no. Because this is not even a test I'm taking for you. You're taking this test. This is something in your heart that you're... Prove your own selves. Am I in the faith? Has there been a day that I quit trusting my righteousness and I stepped into the faith of Christ's righteousness? Is there a day that I quit trusting who I am and my works and I stepped into the faith about the work that Jesus Christ did on the cross for me and how he, he was buried and rose from the dead? Have I stepped into his faith and the life which I now live in the flesh? Am I living by the faith of the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me? Are you in the faith this morning? It's, it's an important examination. That's one that only you can give the answers to and check off the grade. So I ask you, when did you step into the faith? Do you remember that? I've talked to some people. When, when did you get saved? Well, I've always been saved. Don't work that way. 
There was a day that you had to step into the faith of Jesus Christ. Do you remember that day? Were you there? <laughs> I've, I've had people, even since I've been here as a pastor, that had come and had to get their, their salvation assured because their parents told them. Listen to me. Their parents told them they got saved when they were whenever. Guys, your parents can't tell you if you're saved or not. And if you're a parent, don't you ever tell your kids if they're saved or not because you don't know. You let them tell you. Have you, do you remember when you stepped into the faith? Do you remember the day where you trusted him? You trusted what Jesus did, not what you were trying to do? If you've never had that day, then the Bible says in the next phrase of our text in 2 Corinthians 13, examine yourselves whether you be in the faith. Prove your own selves. Can you prove to yourself that you've been born again? See, here's what people do. They want to come to their pastor and have their pastor prove to them that they're born again. I can't do it for you. Because I can't see your heart. I wasn't there. Can you prove to yourself that you're born again? And you say, preacher, what about all these people that have doubts and fears and all that? I understand that, and people can doubt what God said. But what I'm asking you, can you prove to yourself that you've done what God's told you to do, trusting his son and his death and burial and resurrection for the salvation of your soul? I always get nervous with people that don't want to discuss whether or not they're saved or their testimony because it sort of tells me they can't even prove that to their self because if they were assured of their self, they wouldn't be ashamed to tell somebody about it. Prove your own selves, he says. Now look at the next phrase. Know ye not your own selves, how that Jesus Christ is in you, except ye be reprobate. Here's an examination. Here's a test. Can you test right now whether Jesus is in you? I told you we're going to print a track soon. We're going to give it out everywhere about is Jesus in you or not. That's what it, if you If Jesus is in you, you're a reprobate. You're not saved. Is Jesus now? Let me ask a question. If some, if another person, if there's a visitor in your house, do you think you wouldn't know it? Now you say, well, yeah, if they were hiding under the bed, yeah, I get that. But I'm, do you think Jesus is hiding somewhere in your? <laughs> I tell you what, it's been a blessing to have my nephew and all my family here. But Dan, I love Daniel. Dan, Daniel's a blessing, but he's loud. He's loud. He's like me. We have something in common. There, listen, there is no guesswork whether or not Daniel's in the house. You understand? You can hear him. You, you can see him. His presence. It, unless he's hiding out in the bathroom, you know he's there. Let me ask you a question. Is Jesus in you? How could he be in you and you not know it? How could the visitor be there and you not know it? How, how could something as big as God move into your body and you not know it? 
That book says what? Know ye not that your body is the temple of the Holy Ghost which is in you, which ye have of God and you're not your own. You're bought with a price. The Bible says Christ in you, the hope of glory. The only hope we have in this world or the next is if Christ is in us. Is he inside of you? Know ye not your own selves that Christ is in you? Let me ask you a question. If you never talk to him, and he never talks to you, and you never think about him, you're telling me you walk through life with Jesus in you, and you never talk to him, and he never talks to you, and you never think about him, and you don't love him, and, and you, you really think he's on the inside? Guys, I know saved people can sin and do grievous things and backslide and break the heart of God, but this is something a saved person can't do. They can't live their whole life without Jesus in them, reminding them that he's there. Oh, I can sin against God, but the one inside reminds me about that. I can't get away from him. You say, well, he used to be there, and there's, now he's not. No, don't work that way either. Because Jesus said, I will never leave you nor forsake you. He either was never in you, or he's in you to stay. And if he's in you and you never think about him, you need to take your own test. If you think he's in you and you don't love him and you don't think about him and you have no spiritual desire, you need to take the test. If he never talks to you and you never talk to him, how can you walk through life with God inside of you and you're oblivious to the fact and you live your life totally in separation from that knowledge? There is a test that needs to be taken. You said, preacher, I don't know if Jesus is in me. Oh, it's, it's easy. He said, after that, you heard the word of truth, the gospel of your salvation. You believed that. He said, you were sealed with that Holy Spirit of promise. As soon as I trusted Christ and I stepped into his faith, he stepped into me. (laughs) When I put my faith in him, he put himself in me. You see, when I start trusting me and I start trusting him, he stepped into me. And here's where we get the good verse. People say, oh, preacher, go ahead and tell us the thing about receiving Jesus in your heart and praying Jesus come to your heart. And people make fun of that. I don't make fun of that, and I'll tell you why. No, there's not a verse that says I'm inviting Jesus to come to my heart. But here is a verse of Scripture. As many as received him, to them gave he the power to become the sons of God, even to them that believe on his name. Jesus does not come into you unless you want him there. You have to receive him into the house. You have to want him to come in. It's not about salvation, but Revelation has a great text on that. Jesus said, I stand at the door and knock. If any man open the door, I will come in to him. You see that? And sup with him and he with me. I know that's about Christian fellowship. But what I'm trying to tell you is you still have to open the door. 
You've got to open your heart to hey, take your test. Take the test. Examine yourself. I can't take it. I can't give you the answer. Have you ever opened the door and received him, invited him in, and he stepped in? Guys, can I give you my personal testimony? You said, preacher, this is such a simple message. Yes, but this is a final examination. You say, oh, we've done this before. I go to the doctor every year. You know what the truth is? I get the same stupid results. I'm never shocked. I'm never surprised. All the levels are still the same. EKG always reads the same. Blood pressure is always the same. Every time I go. But I got to go again. And he's asking the Corinthians to examine themselves. He's not asking heathen people. He's asking people in the church. My testimony, I remember the day that I opened my heart and I received Christ. I want you. I was there. Parents didn't do it for me. Matter of fact, they weren't even there. And when I told them, they were probably a little skeptical. I would have been. Riding to school, told mom, mom got saved. Really? (laughs) Got saved. She wasn't there. I was there. And the best way I knew how, it was not that my prayer was perfect and the words were perfect. I don't even remember every word I said, but I tell you what, I remember opening my heart and saying, Lord, I, Jesus, I want you. Amen. Well, did you believe enough? Guys, you, you don't have to talk Jesus into moving into the house. He is sitting on ready. He is not willing that any should perish, but that all should come to repentance. He said, come unto me, all ye that are heavy laden, and I'll give you rest. He wants to save you more than you want to be saved. He gave his life for us. He's not trying to make it hard. He's just wanting you to want him. He's just wanting you to trust him. Open my heart to the Lord, best way I knew how. And a heavenly visitor moved in. Moved inside. That didn't have anything to do with me being called to preach. That didn't have anything to do with me being a pastor. That didn't have anything to do with my dad being a deacon in the church. That was me saying, Lord, I want you in me. And he moved in. He's never left. I've been a terrible child of God sometimes, but the visitor on the inside, he's always there and he's always talking to me. Is Jesus Christ in you? Do you know that? You've got you to check the blank, yes or no. Do you know? Have you, can you prove to yourself that he's in you? Know ye not that Jesus Christ is in you except ye be reprobates? You know the good thing this morning? If Christ isn't in you, all you have to do is invite Him to come in. All you have to do is trust Him. I am not too big of a fool that I would assume that everybody in this building has Jesus in them. But only you can answer that. Now I know other people try to tell you who's saved and who's not saved, but the truth is only you can answer that.
in chapter 11, the other verse that talks about the examination. 1 Corinthians 11. It's not an examination about salvation. It's an examination about sin. You say, okay, preacher, I know I'm saved. Great. Your examination is not over. You know, just because I went to the doctor and I know I've not had a heart attack does not mean that there might be something else wrong with me. Just because you know Jesus is in you, just because you know that you're saved, does not mean the examination stops. I believe that's where a lot of Christians want to stop, though. I know I'm saved, so nothing else mattered. Oh, no. There's a lot of things that matter. 1 Corinthians chapter 11, the Bible tells us, in verse number 28, but let, let a man examine himself, and so let him eat of that bread and drink of that cup. He said, verse 31, for if we would judge ourselves, we should, should not be judged. Verse 32, but when we are judged, we are chastened of the Lord. This is what God says. God says, would you judge yourself and look in your own heart and find out those sins that are in your life and judge yourself. You know, people are always talking about, I don't want people to judge me. Well, judge yourself. Here's the truth. Some people don't want anybody else to judge them. They don't want God to judge them. And they don't even want to judge themselves. Would you judge 2023? How'd you do? How did you do? How is the you of 2023? Do you pass the grade? If we go through the fruit of the Spirit, yep, peace, got it. Joy, check. Love, got that. Long-suffering, yep, gentleness, glory to God, goodness. Or when you look at your life, are there things there in you that need to be judged? Forget about everybody else's judgment. I'm talking about you judging yourself. You know, the world thinks that that is so unhealthy to be so negative on yourself. Let me tell you something. The most miserable people in the world are people that everybody are trying to bring everything positive to their life. And it does not solve the issues of their heart. It's only when we humble ourselves and judge ourselves can we get cleansing and forgiveness and fullness of the Spirit and all of those wonderful things that come with a life that walks with God. Amen. But it starts with us judging ourselves. Don't let anybody put you down. I don't have to. I put my own self down. I know what I am. Guys, if, you, if, if we take a test of ourselves, you know what's wrong with you. Come on now. You know where the lack is. You know where the bitterness is and the anger is and the, and the unfaithfulness and the lack of character. You know all that in the prayer. You know where you have sin in your heart. The problem is usually we don't test ourselves. Do I love Jesus Christ? Well, that's the first commandment with all my heart. Well, I don't. People want to jump down the list. Well, I've not killed anybody. Okay, thank God for that. But there are so many others in there. And the big one is, have I loved Jesus Christ really like I should love him this year? Because if not, that is a sin that I need to judge in my life. I'll give myself the test. Do you pass? 
or will 2024 be the same old, same old with the same problems of the past year because you didn't take the test and correct it and judge yourself and let the Lord cleanse you? You don't have to keep repeating the failed exam. It can be corrected. He says, if you judge yourself, you would, you would not be judged. I know so many people can't stand other people pointing out their faults and failures. And I get that. But I've never had a problem with that, really, because I have been my own biggest critic. Because if everybody knew about me what I knew about me, they'd give me a worse grade. Right? So the purpose of examining myself, let a man examine himself, is to look in there for all those sins that I know are there and get it right so I can be promoted and I can grow and I can move on. Go to Luke chapter 23. Because that was just the first point. But I'm not going to preach long. If, if you'll listen quick, we'll be finished soon. But the first examination is you examining yourself. The second examination is you being examined by other people. So I don't want that to happen too late. It's just, that's life, man. Luke chapter 23, the Bible says in verse number 13, if you look at it with me. The Bible says in Luke 23, 13, And Pilate, when he had called together the chief priests and the rulers of the people, said unto them, Ye have brought this man, that's Jesus, unto me as one that perverteth the people. And behold, I, having what? Examined him. Before you have found no fault in this man touching those things where have you accused him. No, nor yet Herod. For I sent you to him, and lo, nothing worthy of death is done unto him. You know the great thing about Jesus Christ? Even his enemies, when they examined him, couldn't find anything wrong with him. Find no fault in him at all. Now, we know that there were people that had a twisted heart and a twisted mind that were lying about him and bringing false witnesses about him. But whenever they got in front of a just individual, even a heathen individual, Pilate was no God-fearing man, and yet he was honest enough to say, I've examined this guy. I don't see anything wrong with him. What if the FBI examined you today? Would they find anything wrong with him? Oh, preacher, you know the government. The government examined this guy, and they said, ain't nothing wrong with him. You know why? In secret, he didn't say anything. I'll never forget that guy. I pastored in, in Carolina, and he was cover, putting tape on his phone, you know, because the government could see him. I said, well, what, what, do you, what do you not want him to see? Well, that went over big this morning. <laughs> well, they may hear us. Well, what are they going to hear? You talking about Jesus? You singing to the Lord? <laughs> when he was examined by others, didn't find any fault. Not only, you say, well, that's Jesus. Well, look at the Apostle Paul in Acts chapter 28. He was examined by other people. 
And he had a lot of people that hated him. But when he was examined by somebody that didn't have a twisted mind, the Bible said in Acts chapter 28 and verse number 17, and it came to pass that after three days, Paul called the chief of the Jews together. And when they were come together, he said unto them, men and brethren, though I have committed nothing against the people or customs of our fathers, yet was I delivered prisoner from Jerusalem in the hands of the Romans, who when they had examined me, would have let me go because there was no cause of death in me. Don't have time to read over in chapter 22 of Acts, chapter 25 of Acts, but we have Felix and we have Festus and we have King Agrippa and they are all, and we even have the Roman centurion. He said, I tell you what I'm going to do, I'm going to examine him by scourging. Well, that's a phrase. You know what he was saying? He said, if I beat this guy enough, I'm going to find out what's in him. Here's the test. If I beat him enough, I'm going to find out the truth. You know what? He didn't have to. You know what the real truth is? We really find out where we are when the pressure comes and the problems come and the stripes start hitting the back. We find out how real it is. So the centurion, this godless man, knew more about getting out what was real, really inside of people. That's why I tell you what, we ought not try to shelter our kids from hardships and problems because that's how you find out what's really inside of them. That's what, what happens with our lives. Guys, if you try to run away from every hardship, you're just running away from what's really inside of you. Examine it. Paul said, they examined me, and when they examined me, they didn't find anything worthy of death in me. Agrippa said, man, this guy should be let go. Matter of fact, he almost persuaded Agrippa to be what he was. After examination, he goes, hmm, maybe I need what this guy's got. Let me ask you a question. What's your testimony? When others examine you, what do they say about you? Do they see Jesus? Do they see a life that they need? Paul said, my answer to those that examine me is this, and he just starts quoting Scripture. Do do our lives match with the Word of God? You know, that Bible tells us that we need to have a good report of them which are without. The truth is that everybody's got... Some people say, I don't care what people think about me. Well, then you don't care about your testimony. You know, you're not trying to reach somebody. You're not trying to help people. You don't want to be the best dad you can be and the best mother you can be and the best friend and the best example? Or do you want to lead people down the same bad road that you're heading down? The examination by others. You know, I wonder this morning, would you let your pastor examine you What, what if I brought up on the platform from my examination the people that I think in this church are really trying to do right and walk with God and love the Lord and put Him first? What, what if I made that examination this morning and started standing up people on the auditorium saying, that's you? Could I stand you up? Could I stand you up? 
Now, there's probably somebody right now that's nervous I do it. When I was younger, I, I might have done that. Because here's the truth. A lot of times, you got an idea about you that nobody else on the planet has that kind of idea. Because that's not your testimony. That's just your own self-deceived notion about your own self. You know what the book says? If any man love God, the same is known of him. If you really love God, everybody knows it. That's a verse in the Bible. And if you don't love God, everybody knows it. Will you let others examine you? It's been few and far between, but in my pastor, I have had people come up to him and say, Preacher, would you tell me what's wrong? I had one guy. He was a Jew. And got converted out of Judaism. Strangest guy I ever pastored in my life. And people in the church hated him. He was so arrogant. But he didn't even know, he didn't know what was wrong with him. And he came to my office when I pastor. He said, I want you to tell me what's wrong with me. I said, really? Are you serious? He said, yeah. Examine me. I said, okay, here we go. And when I got through, his head was on the table. Because he knew I wasn't trying to hurt him. I was being honest with him. There's an examination of yourself, but there is an examination of other people. But I'm going to conclude with this. Will you go to the book of Psalms? There's one other type of examination. It's the most important type of all. The Bible says in the book of Psalms, chapter 26. Would you go there, please? Two verses this morning, and I'm finished. Your examination by yourself. Your examination by other people. And lastly, your examination by God. The Bible says in Psalm chapter 26, and verse number 1, would you look at that please with me? Psalm 26 verse 1, David says, Judge me, O Lord, for I have walked in mine integrity. I have trusted also in the Lord, therefore I shall not slide. Look at verse 2. Examine me, O Lord. And prove me, try my reins in my heart. One last verse, Psalm 139. Psalm 139, David says, God, I want you to examine me. I want you to give me this test. Because somebody else, somebody else might pass me and it might not be the right grade. I need you to give me the test, Lord, because I might pass myself and really not be making the grade. But, Lord, if you'll examine me, you know everything. You know all the answers. In Psalm 139, another Psalm of David, the Bible says this, verse 23. Search me, O God, and know my heart, and try me. And know my thoughts. And see if there be any wicked way in me. And lead me in the way everlasting. God will ultimately conduct the greatest examination. At the end of all of our lives. Every one of us. Will give account of himself. To God. But you do not have to wait until that day. You know what? You can, you can have an open book test before you have to meet him. He'll let you know the grade before the semester's over. 
But you need to go to him and say, God, would you examine me? Would you search me? Would you try me? Would you show me what's wrong with me? Would you show me where the grade is being missed? In Romania, that phrase meant something far deeper. Search me, O God, than than what it really means, I think, to us in English sometimes. Search me, O God. It's cercetazama dunazel. In other words, and they would sing that, the Romanians, and they would say that in their conversation. And I, Sometimes I, I, it would take me by surprise. I, I wouldn't use that lingo. And they would say, I'll tell you what, preacher, what that, what that person needs right there, they need God to search them. And I would say, well, what, is that, what does that mean? And, and what, what it really meant was, I'm not only going to God and asking him to look into my heart, but God is starting to deal with me. God is starting to speak to me and deal with my heart and show me things. He's speaking to my mind. He's speaking to my heart. He's he's working His way into my life. They need God to search them. To work in them so they know where they're really at. And I just wonder this morning, could we have the heart of David and say, Lord, I've tried to give myself the test and I know others are testing me. But I need you to search me, oh God. I need you to deal with me. Because one day you will stand before him. And you can be right with him.